السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد These are the days of Hajj, the days of Takbir, the days of glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before we start our uh, talk for Juma, it would be appropriate if we uh, made the Takbir because the Takbir is not just specific for certain days of Dhul Hijjah. That is different where we recite the takbir from the 9th till the 13th after salah, that's different and general takbir is different. The general takbirat of the hajj for all Muslims start from the first of Dhul Hijjah. And we should be reciting these takbirat in our houses, in our workplaces, on the streets, in the masajid, as was the practice of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Let us try and this is something which is forgotten. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability. The, in, during these days, from the first of Dhul Hijjah, this is, you should be hearing the takbirat everywhere. That is the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revive these uh, forgotten practices within us. Let us all recite together. Join me in reciting the takbirat uh, of, of these special days of Dhul Hijjah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd, I can't hear you guys, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Walillahi Alhamd So these words are narrated in certain ahadith Then we have another takbir which 
it doesn't matter which one you recite it is the name of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us read the other one as well a few times inshallah allahu akbar allahu akbar la ilaha illa allahu allahu akbar allahu akbar walillahil hamd allahu akbar allahu akbar la Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illa Allahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illa Allahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, So these takbirat should be recited as much as possible during the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah from the first in our houses, on the streets, in the masajid, in the marketplaces, wherever we go, we should be remembering, glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as these are the best 10 days of the year. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Give us the ability to make the most of this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant glory to the Muslims in these days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite the ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solve the problems of the ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rescue the ummah. The ummah is in great need of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What better time than these days to try and gain close? These are the days that we call them days of Qurbani. Qurbani comes from the word Qurb, meaning to get closer to Allah. Since Ramadan till now, we feel that we have a spiritual disconnection with our deen, with the masjid. During COVID as well, many of us have been detached with the masjid. Alhamdulillah, very soon, from the 19th which is monday which coincides with the day of arafah the restrictions will be uplifting we will no longer be required to have spaces within uh, our sufuf we will no longer be have, having to uh, many people are feeling uncomfortable coming because of these reasons so let's see was it really this that was stopping us from coming to the masjid we will see inshallah because when the masjid closed i remember when the masjid closed everybody was complaining when the masjid reopened we noticed that the number of people coming to the masjid was far fewer than the people that used to come before. So we sometimes think, where are the people that used to complain? We're complaining when we said, oh, the masjid have closed. So this will now be another test for you and I, that despite, yes, maybe the government might say that it's recommended you wear this, you recommended you do this, but it's not necessary. It's not a legal obligation. Let us see if we are true to our commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It coincides with the day of Arafah, which is going to be the best day in the entire year. And we'll be having a very special program here on that day to celebrate and to recognize and to make the most of that day. I'll speak about that more later on, inshallah, before we conclude. So these are the days of Hajj. And it just so happens that we find ourselves in a period of time which I think will be remembered for the rest of our lives when there are restrictions on those who can even go for Hajj. Many of you may have made intention this year to be 
in Makkatul Mukarrama, and you would have been there now in your ihram or preparing and getting ready. Uh, but for whatever reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't allow it to happen this year. And a select number of people are there presenting the Hajj on behalf of the entire Ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the coming days easy for them, accept it from them, and grant us all a share in their supplication and du'as. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very quickly alleviate the Ummah from its suffering and allow us once again to gain blessings from the Haramain al-Sharifain. Ameen ya Rabbal Alameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very kind. He's very merciful. And he's allowed it such that Hajj is something which you need the financial capacity, the physical capacity, and then you need the restrictions to be in your favor, the law to be in your favor as well. And these are not always possible. And as the years go by, as we know, it's getting more and more expensive. I mean, who can, the, the average person can't afford to keep going every year. Uh, the minimum amount you'll probably need for a Hajj is around 6,000 pounds, I'm assuming. Something like that. Uh, looking at all the other expenses, and it's only getting more and more expensive. So number one, there's a huge cost. Secondly, physically, not everybody's able. Some, some individuals might have the money, but they might not have the health and the strength to go there. And then thirdly, we have the restrictions of the visa. And currently, as we're finding uh, restrictions, we can't travel them. So despite all of these things being in place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still provides you and I opportunities where yes, we may not be able to go physically for the Hajj, but there are so many things that you and I can do and gain the reward of Hajj. How many times we hear of an action that if you do this, Allah will give you the reward of Hajj. Complete this action and Allah will give you the reward of a Hajj. Carry out this and you will get the reward of completing a Hajj. Let me share with you a few of these things. So at least we feel that in the, I mean, the, and these things are not restricted to the days of Hajj. You can do them at any time of the year. But if for whatever reason you are feeling disconnected, you feel that you lost out on this opportunity to travel to the Blessed Haramain last year and then this year again, and only Allah knows what's going to happen next year. It's very unpredictable. We don't know what's happening. Things are changing very rapidly. One day things are fine, the next day they aren't. So we don't know what's going to happen, what the future holds. And now we know that life, when we were told that life is very uncertain, the only thing certain about life is it's going to end one day and death. That's one thing we know for sure. That a time will come when we all have to go. Besides that, nobody knows. Up until now, if anybody was deceived by the idea that they've got full control and grasp on their life and they've got everything sorted, I think the last two years have taught us a huge lesson. So when it comes to the issue of going for Hajj or even the Umrah, we find that it's not always going to be possible. We've seen. So what are some of those actions? And one of them I'd like to highlight in particular, because from Monday onwards, we have the 19th of July when the restrictions will be uplifted and Masajid will no longer uh, uh, require you to have social distancing and the other rules as well. Similarly, the wudu areas, etc., will be open. Now, this is now an opportunity for us to make the most of these virtues. The Prophet says in a hadith, whoever performs their wudu at home, 
Whoever performs their wudu at home. Now, we've had a great chance to practice this. Having the wudu areas closed, okay, yes, if someone's really in need, someone's desperately in need, someone uh, has uh, any kind of personal issues that need, somebody's a traveler, that's an exception. But if we're just coming from round the corner, two minutes away, three minutes away, walking distance, neighbors of the masjid, most of us are, and despite having all the facilities within our homes, we are expecting the masajid to open up for us so that we can use the toilet here and then do our wudu over here. Okay, this is inappropriate. The facilities are there for those who need them. Alhamdulillah, Allah has provided us all at home. So if that isn't sufficient, well, let's understand this hadith of the Prophet Morally, we should all understand that the facilities are there for those who need them and we shouldn't be exploiting them. However, the Prophet has said, whoever performs ablution wudu at home and then you leave to come to the masjid to perform the salah, it is like the reward. You know what the reward of it? The reward is like as if you have put on your ihram and you're going for hajj. Each time you make your wudu at home. Now remember this. Every time you think to yourself, let me go to the masjid and do wudu. Where you have an opportunity to do it at home. You're missing out on a huge reward of hajj every single time. Every single time. So like I said, the wudu area will be open. Yes, you may come and perform wudu anytime you want, as many times as you want. However, let us understand the facilities are there, not just here in all of the masajid, for those who genuinely need them. If we have the opportunity to make wudu at home, why miss out on such a huge reward of hajj? You perform your wudu at home, you leave to come to the masjid, it's as if you have worn the ihram and you're going to perform the hajj. This is from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Similarly, there are other actions as well. We find the noble saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after Salatul Fajr. After Salatul Fajr, if after Fajr Salah, you remain in the masjid or those sisters performing at home, you remain in your area where you performed your Salah and you make the dhikr of Allah, you recite Quran, even if you sit silently until the sun rises and after the sun rises, you perform just two rakat Salah. Two rakat salah. We refer to this as ishraq. Some refer as salatul duha. Some say salatul ishraq. It doesn't really matter what you call it. It's the, the importance is performing it. After the rising of the sun, you perform two rakat salah. The Prophet says you get the reward of a complete hajj and umrah. Two rakat salah. Alhamdulillah, we've been practicing this on a Sunday in this masjid for the last so many weeks since we've started the Great Fajr campaign. Again, an invitation to everybody to attend this Sunday. This will be again one of the greatest 10 days of the entire year. This Sunday, inshallah, Fajr Salah will be at 4.30. Um, so we, we're here for about just, just about an hour where after Salatul Fajr, we have a short reminder. We have one lesson and then we give time five ten minutes to recite quran we make some dhikr we get an, a news update from palestine and then we conclude with dhikr and dua and then it's time for ishraq and brothers can perform two rakat and gain the reward of hajj in the days of hajj what more blessing do we want and then we're performing the salatul fajr with jama'ah you are guaranteed to be in the protection of allah for the rest of the day 
And thereafter, breakfast is served, of course, for those who attend as well. So is everybody going to come, inshallah, this Sunday? So that's, let's, let's make an intention, inshallah. That this Sunday will make a start. Those of us who couldn't come last Sunday, and this is something we do every single week in this masjid. It's an opportunity for us to get a spiritual boost at least one day in the week. Ramadan has gone, we feel all down, we feel disconnected to the Quran, to the house of Allah. This is that chance in the week where there's no distractions. On a Sunday morning, there's no distractions. There's no work, there's no family commitments at that time, at the time of Fajr. You don't need to be anywhere, there's no other appointments. You're free, your mind is free, totally, and you can start off your Sunday. It's only one hour, not asking too much, on a weekly basis for us to boost our spirituality and do something for the Palestinian cause as well at the same time. Noorun ala noor. What more can we ask for? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. There is also a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, whoever leaves their house to learn or teach the deen of Allah, and they come to the masjid, they get the reward of a hajj. Now you could make this intention each time you come to the masjid. For example, at the time of Jumu'ah, you're coming for the Salah of Jumu'ah as well, but you're coming to learn as well at the same time. And each time you come, you come with the intention and you get this reward of Hajj upon this as well. And one more I will share with you is on one occasion, certain Sahaba came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They were those Sahaba that weren't well off. They weren't doing very well in terms of their worldly progression. So they said to the Prophet wasallam, these rich, rich Sahaba, they're well off, they're well to do, and they always supersede us. They are always advancing when it comes to the causes of good. When it comes to charity, they are the ones donating. When it comes to jihad, they are the ones donating. When it comes to the hajj, they are the ones who have the financial capacity to go continuously, and we are here left behind. What is there for us? And the Prophet said, Shall I tell you something? That if you do this, you will supersede those who are spending in the path of Allah, those who are going for the Hajj. So, Hajj in particular over here. And the Sahaba said, Yes, of course. And the Prophet said, Ensure that after every salah, 33 times you recite Subhanallah, 33 times you recite Alhamdulillah. 34 times you recite Allahu Akbar. Now we've all heard of this before. But did we realize that by reciting this again every single day, you're getting the reward of Hajj. One of the rewards is of Hajj or greater than Hajj because the Sahaba said, Oh Prophet of Allah, the rich Sahaba, they're performing the Hajj. We can't perform the Hajj. And he says, shall I tell you something even better? So you'll definitely get that reward as well. So after each salah, let us remember to recite Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar and gain the reward of Hajj. Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, uh, he has mentioned that those who come and attend the salah of Eid al-Fitr, they get the reward of an Umrah. And those who attend the Eid al-Adha, they get the reward of a Hajj. So how kind and merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that despite you and I not being able to attend uh, the Hajj, he has allowed us to benefit from the days of Hajj immensely. And there are so many things we can do. So one is making the most of these 10 days and then the greatest of all days. So the greatest day in the week we know is Jumu'ah. 
the greatest month we have is the month of Ramadan. The best 10 days of the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. The best 10 nights of the last 10 nights of Ramadan. The best night in the year is Laylatul Qadr. And the best day in the year, anybody? Is the day of Arafah. Are we ready? Are we excited? Have we prepared? What are we going to do? What's the plan? How are we going to make the most of the best day of the entire year? Eid preparations. That's what we end up doing. The next day is Eid. Most of us spend most of that day in Eid prep, which isn't wrong because we should prepare to enjoy and make the most of the day of Eid. That's not wrong. Islam doesn't tell us to be, you know, moody and gloomy all the time. No. Yes, enjoy, celebrate, make the most of it. It's a day and a time of celebration. However, what we can't forget is in the midst of our celebration is the essence of worship. Worship is always there. When the days of Eid come, we've been told to do an extra prayer, more takbir, more remembrance of Allah, more fasting, more charity. So this is how we celebrate. So alongside enjoying ourselves with our family members, friends and the wider community, alongside the exchanging of gifts, alongside having happy moments, we increase in our ibadah and our longing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and becoming closer to Him. So the day of Arafah is a unique day in the entire year. The Prophet very close, according to His Majesty, only Allah knows how this is. So He comes very, very close to the people of the earth. And he boasts to the malaika and the angels because the day of Arafah, the Prophet wasallam has said, Al-Hajj Arafah. The true essence of Hajj is being present on the day of Arafah, standing there and pleading to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you study the Hajj of the Prophet wasallam from the time of Dhuhr till the time of Maghrib, what did he do? He engaged in dua. How long is your dua going to be on the day of Arafah? The Prophet ﷺ prayed and cried for you on that day from Dhuhr till Maghrib. And we had the revelation of the special verses of the Quran coming on the day of Eid also. So the Prophet ﷺ has told us in regard Al Hajj Arafah, just like we have Ad Dua Muhul Ibadah. That dua is the essence of worship. Ad Dua Huhul Ibadah. That the true idea of worship is dua, is supplication. That is the idea. Similarly, al-hajj arafah. The true essence. Why does a person go for hajj? Going around the Kaaba, pelting the shayateen, going between Safa and Marwa, animal sacrifice, going to Muzdalifah, and all of these actions, the essence of it all is what happens on that day of arafah. What happens on the day of arafah? The day of arafah is when a haji, presents themselves on that day in the plains of Arafah and you cry your eyes out. You beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You acknowledge the grandeur and the greatness and the majesty of Allah and you acknowledge your weakness, your sinfulness and to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how humble you are and how you are nothing and how Allah is everything. This is the essence and Allah loves this. A person is in two pieces of cloth. You've already been wearing the ihram from the eighth. So by the time you get here, you're disheveled. Your hairstyle has gone now. And if you applied any perfume, even that's gone as well now. And you're in a state and you're in a condition. And you've come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
obeying him. Although we know in Makkatul Mukarramah in Masjidul Haram, one salah is equal to 100,000. Despite that, Allah is saying, go away from there and come to Arafah and pray here. And you're showing your obedience to Allah. That I'm not going to do what I think. Islam doesn't go according to my understanding. If it went according to our understanding, we would have told all the hujjaj, pray all your salah in Makkah. Why are you going away from there? But no, the essence is the obedience of Allah, loyalty to Allah, showing Allah that commitment, that truthfulness, that sidq and that sincerity that, oh Allah, when I said la ilaha illallah, I really meant it. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he descends and he comes very close to the inhabitants of the earth. And he boasts to the angels. He boasts to the angels and to the malaika. And he says, Haulai ibadi, look at my servants. What are they doing? He says, oh, not me. Allah is talking about you and me, sinful individuals. And Allah boasts about us to his angels. You know and I know my past life. We know how our past year has been. We know how filthy we are as individuals and how many sins we've committed. Despite that, on the day of Arafah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala boasts about you and me. If you are engaged in dua and ibadah, and he says to the angels, what is it they want? Look at them. Look at what they're doing. They've all come out just to pray to me, to worship me. They acknowledge me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the forgiveness of each and every person. On that day, the ulama say the greatest sinner on the day of Arafah is the one who considers himself or herself a sinful person. You might think, why? Because that is the day of vast forgiveness. The Prophet says, There is no day in the entire year when Shaytan Iblis feels more humiliated than he does on the day of Arafah. Because he sees how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives every all that work that he has done to misguide people. Within seconds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the forgiveness. So what to do on the day of Arafah? Monday is going to be the day of Arafah, inshallah. What to do on this day? How to celebrate this day? Number one, it is a sunnah to fast on this day. If we weren't able to fast any of the other days of Dhul Hijjah, let us make an intention that on Monday, on the day of Arafah, we are going to fast. And by fasting, we hear in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, the Prophet said, I hope that by fasting on the day of Arafah, Allah will forgive the sins of the past year and also the coming year as well. We can't miss out on this opportunity. Everyone's making intention, inshallah. So on Monday, inshallah, we will all be fasting. And what else is happening on Monday? Salatul Fajr in this masjid on Monday will be at 3.30. Just to make it easy for those who are doing suhoor uh, just before them to attend the Salatul Fajr so you can start your day with suhoor and then inshallah with Salatul Fajr in the masjid on the best day of the entire year. This is something we don't want to miss out. So start off in a good way inshallah will end in a good way. Then throughout the day engage in whatever you can in terms of worship. There's nothing specific to do. You can do whatever you want. Nawafil, recitation of the Quran, dhikr of Allah, dua, sadaqah, helping other people, do as much as you can. And the main thing is to stay away from sins. And show on Monday, the day of Arafah, we do not commit any sins at all. And then in the evening to help us, 
motivate ourselves, to encourage everybody, we have a special program in the evening between Asr and Maghrib. This is the main time to engage in Ibadah between Asr and Maghrib. So I request everybody and invite everybody, please attend. Brothers, sisters, youngsters, elders, everybody, please do attend. Asr Salah on Monday on the day of Arafah will be at 7.45. Inshallah, we'll have a few advices. Then we'll give time to recite the Quran. We'll have some dhikr, inshallah. And then we will have an opportunity for collective dua and individual dua. This is a time of dua. Duas are readily accepted. Let us be in the best of places, the house of Allah. If we can't go to the house of Allah, meaning the Kaaba, let us at least come to the house of Allah, which is close to us, which is our local masjid. I request everybody to please try and make the most of this day by fasting, attend the event, and then inshallah, iftar will be provided for everybody as well by the masjid. Um, so alhamdulillah, it's a good way to start the days of no restrictions where we can have food as well in the masjid alhamdulillah once again so iftar will be provided for everybody on monday inshallah that should encourage you to fast if you were already thinking of fasting uh, i just want to mention inshallah on this sunday salatul fajr will be at 4 30 uh, on Sunday, Salatul Fajr will be at 4.30. As I mentioned earlier, we'll be having the Great Fajr campaign as we have every week. Monday, I've explained to you already in regards to the day of Arafah. And then on the day of Eid, uh, Salatul Fajr will be at 4.30 again. And we have two Eid Salah in our masjid. The first one will be at 7 a.m. and the second will be at 8.15 a.m. inshallah. The Salah, will, which is at 7 a.m., the Bayan will start from uh, 6.30 a.m. by Maulana Usman, inshallah. And thereafter, the Salah will be led by uh, Sheikh Ammar al-Khatib and the khutbah given by Maulana Junaid Sahib, inshallah. And the second Eid Salah at 8.15, the talk will start at 7.45. The second one will, will be led by myself, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all in these the greatest days of the year. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to make the most of these moments. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.